You're listening to Daily Notes, presented by Home Sideways. On this episode of Daily Notes, we take on a scorned lover, two buddy cops that are getting too old for this shit, and of course we get Moonstruck. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I drink your milkshake. If you only knew the power of the dark You have my curiosity. Now you have my attention. This is how I went. Shall we begin? Welcome back to the Almost Sideways Movie Podcast, everyone. My name is Adam. These are my daily notes where I have fun conversations about films. Today we go back to 1987 and talk about two movies that I've never watched before for our first time watches of the episode, and that is Fatal Attraction and also Moonstruck. Really excited to dive into those movies because I think they're definitely need to be talked about this year and be watched. So I'm glad I was able to knock those films off the old bucket list. And of course, our headline review is going to be the iconic film duo of uh, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover, and that is Richard Donner's film Lethal Weapon. It's a fun franchise. I really like going back and revisiting the films, and I think they actually get better and better as the films go along. I'm really a big fan of Lethal Weapon, too. So before we jump into our reviews, make sure you guys check the show notes down below to find out where these films are streaming so you guys can experience them along with me. Make sure you also subscribe so you can stay up to date whenever we drop in another episode of the podcast. Review, share, all that fun stuff. And also make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at Almost Sideways. Now that I got all the logistics up out of the way, let's dive into our headline review today. And that is Lethal Weapon. He's a criminal's worst nightmare. A cop who enjoys the danger. No guns, no jujitsu, just bring him down. Do you really want to jump? Well, then that's fine with me. Come on. Wait, I what do you mean? Wait a minute. What the ah! He was ready to retire. Now, he's going to wish he had. Gun! Oh, oh, oh. Raj, meet your new partner. New partner? <laughs> If these guys can just stand each other... What you got in there? Boy and Smith? A lot of old-timers carry those. The bad guys don't stand a chance. Don't kill anybody. Don't kill anybody. I'm too old for this. Are you as good as you say you are? Nobody can touch me. Suppose we better register you as a lethal weapon. You ever met anybody you didn't kill? Well, I haven't killed you yet. Lethal Weapon is rated R and has a runtime of an hour and 49 minutes. It's an action crime thriller film written by Richard Donner. And the screenplay is written by Shane Black and an uncredited screenplay for Jeffrey Bohm. And we see our cast led by Mel Gibson as Martin Riggs, Danny Glover as Roger Murtaugh, who's really too old for this shit, Gary Busey as Joshua, Mitchell Ryan, Tom Atkins, and Darlene Love as well. So the synopsis here on IMDb says, two newly paired cops who are complete opposites must put aside their differences in order to catch a gang of drug smugglers. So every time I watch Lethal Weapon, I kind of forget how amazing it actually is. And it's one of those franchises that 
like I said, I really enjoy it. And Lethal Weapon 2 is probably my favorite of the franchise, but there's some magic to be had with Lethal Weapon. It's the chemistry between Mel Gibson and Danny Glover that definitely spark it. And it seeing their friendship kind of blossom on screen, it's just a lot of fun to see these two guys who are complete opposites kind of put their differences aside to solve these different crimes and actually have some really good friendly banter with each other. And seeing them kind of grow through the franchise is something that I've always enjoyed and appreciated about the franchise as well. I know when Mel Gibson got nominated for Best Director for Hacksaw Ridge, I know that there was a big conversation and a swall of people saying, are we going to get a Lethal Open 5? And I know that's been a rumor for so many years now, but I would totally be on board if that actually did happen. They would definitely be really old. But there's some curiosity to see if what they would look like now if they were step back into those roles. So this movie kicks off with a young lady who decides that she's going to jump off a building and commit suicide. So really kind of a startling way to start the film. And there's also Christmas music playing in the background. So I guess this would be considered a Christmas movie possibly. If we're considering Die Hard, we're considering Lethal Weapon as a Christmas movie too. But anyway, this young lady jumps out the window and come to find out her father knows one of our main characters, Murtaugh, played by Danny Glover. Uh, Danny Glover does investigate this scene here and is questioning why this young girl who had so much promise jump out the building. We are also introduced to Riggs in the beginning of the movie as well. He is portrayed by Mel Gibson. His first appearance in the movie is butt naked. Uh, So there's two naked people in the first like five, ten minutes of the movie. I totally forgot about that, to be honest with you. But Mel Gibson, his introduction is definitely a little more crazier and riskier. People are very suspicious of Riggs here because he had just lost his wife fairly recently in a tragic tragic accident. So people are really suspicious of Riggs or suspecting that he's trying to go after some kind of frauding the system of getting some kind of pension for uh, mental illness or suicide type of stuff like that too so there's so there's that kind of backstory there that's why they're kind of paired up because he's taking his life into his own hands he's doing a lot of crazy things that he probably shouldn't be doing as a cop that is kind of reckless so the police chief does pair Riggs and Murtaugh together and that's where they're deciding that they're going to so that the their first case basically is that they're going to go try to investigate what happened to this girl jumping out the building and that's where it kind of everything goes kind of haywire what i really love about this movie is that there is a good building of this buddy cop relationship opposites do attract and these two completely different people which we have this pretty good introductions at the beginning of the movie of both characters we definitely see where they are completely opposite end of the spectrum riggs is suffering from kind of some really heavy depression, anxiety stuff because of the death of his wife and where he kind of is suicidal, has some, definitely has suicidal, suicidal tendencies where Murtaugh, on the other hand, is just celebrated a birthday with his family. He's a family man. He's, he's getting closer to retirement and he has, he has just wants to have his family in his life. And so seeing these two people get thrown together and have to work together is really awesome to see because there's really good comedic moments between the two that really do shine here. And I think the chemistry between Gibson and Glover, they couldn't ask for two better actors to portray that. And I know they made a Lethal Weapon TV show with Damon Wayans, and I think uh, Clay uh, Clayford Crawford, I believe that's his name, 
and I know they made a TV show about that, but it doesn't seem, I've never seen it, but it doesn't seem like the chemistry is nearly as good as Gibson and Glover here. The story is really interesting. It does take some really cool twists and turns here, and seeing Gary Busey coming in as this character named Joshua, this mercenary that gets hired by the general here, played by Mitchell Ryan, who is, Mitchell Ryan is basically kind of a drug dealer coming in here and trying to, in the city, and of course, Riggs and Murdoch is going to take them down. Uh, so seeing Joshua as this right-hand man, uh, Gary Busey has like this uh, crazed look in his eye. I know he's a kind of a crazy actor anyway, but he has some kind of intensity that really plays off the Riggs or Mel Gibson's intensity. And when they go head-to-head, it is awesome to see. Uh, I just watched a film from 1992, it's a couple of years after this, where Gary Busey plays uh, opposite of Steven Seagal called Under Siege. Some really cool intensity. He doesn't quite match the intensity that he does in this movie. And I absolutely love the character of Joshua. It's really crazy to see. And uh, Gary Busey definitely gives everything he's got to this role. And I absolutely am all for it. The fam- family dynamics that would get introduced with the Murtaugh family. I, I love all the family here. Uh, his Rianne, played by Tracy Wolf here, uh, is, is Murtaugh's oldest daughter. You can see there's kind of love, kind of <laughs> there's kind of googly eyes for Riggs here, uh, but he kind of plays it off, which is, is fun. There's some really uh, fun shootouts and chases here. That plays out the third act is really kind of non-stop action and there's some really like i said there's really some really cool shootouts that richard donner does do here that is super entertaining it's super 80s it's almost 90s of course too this movie is definitely high octane a lot of really fun shootouts and some really cool action with really good comedic moments of buddy cop nature here however the biggest thing that I found out watching this movie is that I appreciate Lethal Weapon 2 so much more than I do this first Lethal Weapon movie because of a one character I really wanted I really wanted to see and really miss, quite frankly, in this first film, and that is Joe Pesci's character of Leo Getz. We introduced to him in the second movie, but I just really wanted to see him here in this one, and I was kind of distracted, to be honest with you, while watching this movie. I still really love Lethal Weapon, but I, the, my love for Lethal Weapon 2 is just kind of outweighs my love for the first film. It, it, it's kind of, I was like, wow, I, I didn't realize how much I really loved Lethal Weapon 2 because of the certain character dynamics and having that third person part of their little group here. I didn't realize how much I missed that. So I still really love Lethal Weapon. It's definitely a high three-star film, borderline three and a half stars. I think I actually have it ranked above a couple three and a half star films in my top 10 of 87. I probably will change that for the website. I probably will, I probably will say three and a half because it's such an awesome movie. But do I have to change my rating for Lethal Weapon 2? I may have to as well. I don't know. That's the, the, the crisis that I'm in right now. Uh, what a good, good crisis to be in uh, for that matter. <laughs> but jumping in to the box office totals here. Uh, this movie did come out on March 6, 1987. The box office budget here was $15 million. It made $120.2 million at the worldwide box office. So it made a lot of money there. It got nominated for one Oscar as well, which I didn't realize Realize that. It was nominated for Best Sound. It was it didn't win, but it was nominated there. Um, it did win for Best uh, Motion Picture Sound Editors Awards. It did win there. 
at that award show. It the Image Awards, the NAACP, it won for Outstanding Motion Picture, Outstanding Actress in a Motion Picture for Tracy Wolf, and Outstanding Actor in a Motion Picture for Danny Glover there as well. Um, let's see here. Young Artist Awards, it was a nomination for Best Young Actress or in a Horror or Mystery Motion Picture for Ebony Smith there. I believe played one of Murtaugh's daughters. But not many, too many awards there. But there's a few, a couple little awards circuit wins there. But again, like I said, Lethal Weapon, one of my favorite films of 1987. It's a really fun film that makes me appreciate Lethal Weapon 2 even more, which is crazy. But anyway, if you haven't seen this, go check, check it out. It's a really good fun time. And the chemistry between Gibson and Glover alone are, is worth this watch. And seeing him paired up against the crazy nature of Gary Busey, it, nothing speaks 80s more than that. So go check it out. If you haven't, with that said, we're going to go to another iconic 80s film. That is Fatal Attraction with Glenn Close and Michael Douglas. A look that led to an evening. We were attracted to each other at the party. That was obvious. You're on your own for the night. That's also obvious. A mistake he'd regret all his life. Now, where's your wife? here with a strange girl being a naughty boy i don't think having dinner with anybody's a crime i've got to see you this is gonna stop no it's not gonna stop it's gonna go on and on she keeps calling the apartment hello every time beth answers the phone she hangs up i'm scared jimmy you play fair with me do you have an affair with her i'll play fair with you i don't want to lose my family how could you do that are you scared of me are you you're afraid if you ever come near my family again, I'll kill you. You understand? Daddy! I'm not going to be ignored. Alicia, where's Ellen? She's gone. Call the police. Whatever resentment she's feeling, she's probably got it out of her system. Ah! What if she didn't get it out of her system? What then? Ah! Fatal attraction. I guess he thought you'd get away with it. Well... You can. <laughs> Fatal Attraction is a rated R film clocked in at one hour and 59 minutes and is directed by Adrian Lin. And the screenplay is written by James Dearden. And it sees Michael Douglas as Dan Gallagher, Glenn Close as Alex Forrest, Annie Archer as Beth Gallagher, er, and Ellen Latson as Ellen Gallagher. They're Michael Douglas and Annie Archer's daughter in this film. Here, There's a couple other characters here, but those are the three big ones that we definitely need to talk about. Annie Archer, Michael Douglas, and Glenn Close here. Now, this is my first time watch. I do know the, the iconic nature of this film. I've definitely seen this movie replicated a time or two, especially after watching this. This movie has definitely... Had some copycats, some replications throughout the years. A lot of my my wife's kind of favorite movies kind of follow the similar storyline. So when I said I want to do this first time watch, I was like, this is a movie I think, honey, that you're going to really enjoy. And we were right. We we both really liked this movie a lot. There's some really cool things, suspenseful moments that were fascinating to see here. It was caught us off guard. We gasped a couple times. And quite frankly, we're frustrated but in a good way. And I guess in a kind of a bad way. And I'll talk about that in a second uh, about this by this movie here. If you haven't seen it in a long time, it's a drama thriller film. 
And the synopsis on IMDb does say, A married man's one-night stand comes back to haunt him where the lover begins to stalk him and his family. Now, first thing we have to talk about here is that Glenn Close is amazing as Alex Forrest here. She, I'm surprised she hasn't didn't win an Oscar for this. And I do know that we will talk about the Oscar-winning actress in the next review on this episode. So I won't share too much about that awards race now but Glenn Close is frighteningly good in this movie probably some of my best actress performances oh heck I won't even say actress performance because I think that's just kind of making it feel maybe not as grand as it should be it's probably one of the best performances by any person in a film maybe this year I think that I've seen it is frighteningly good. Like I said, I'll say that again. Frighteningly good. Kind of a chaotic performance. That I know that Glenn Close, especially researching and kind of looking at a little bit more after the movie came out. And seeing, apparently they're making like a, a remake or some, some kind of Fatal Attraction TV show. Or something like that on Paramount+. Plus. I know that Glenn Close has been kind of critical of the movie. And rightfully so. I know that they said that hopefully the the next project of this Fatal Attraction that they go into Alex Forrest's psyche a little bit more than they do in this film. And I will agree with Glenn Close that I think I would have liked to see them kind of dive in more of Alex Forrest's mindset in this movie and see where she was at and kind of get more backstory on her. Uh, Because I think the movie tries to play it as Michael Douglas uh, he made a mistake, but he's kind of a guy that the movie wants you to root for and try to get behind a little bit. And that's where I kind of have an issue with it. I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later. But Glenn Close is amazing in this movie. And it, it, it's pains me to say that she didn't get an, a win for this performance here. Another amazing performance here is Annie Archer as Beth Gallagher. Uh, so the subtlety that she was able to do for this role, because it's not really a flashy role, but she has to process a lot of different emotions here, especially in that third act. That And just that whole conversation between Michael Douglas, Dan Gallagher, and Beth here, that was a tough kind of conversation to watch and witness because I was frustrated and I was felt bad for the wife here frustrated with the Dan character and I can, I can, I can see the impending threat and doom that's coming with what Alex Forrest is about to do and I just was hoping nothing would happen to the wife here and because Annie Archer does really good makes you feel a lot of things for in this performance here which I really enjoyed and I guess also too having that uh, having daughters of my of my own as well seeing her what she was able um, her the protective nature that she has for her daughter Ellen was also what what happens with the daughter in the story here is just oh it gets your heart pumping there uh, Michael Douglas does a fantastic job as well he's a very great actor that I've seen a couple movies now I watched Wall Street for the first time I watched now Fatal Attraction here and Basic Instinct was another one that I've watched that I really loved too Michael Douglas is a fantastic actor. Out of all three of those movies, I think in Fatal Attraction, it's my least favorite role that he has done. And my least, three performances, they're all good performances, but probably my least favorite of his performances, mind you. 
because the performance doesn't seem as strong because the other actors around him are so much stronger than he is, I would say. But still, Michael Douglas does a fantastic job. Arguably could have been nominated for Best Actor for this movie and <laughs> Supporting Actor for Wall Street. I, but it got the opposite hat was true here. All right, so let's jump into this direction here. This is a very well-directed movie by Adrian Lin here. Uh, really paced really well, edited fantastically, and has that good buildup of impending doom of what and kind of uh, tension throughout the movie, especially when it's kind of the craziness starts happening with Alex Forrest's character. That first big reveal that where she had Alex Forrest had cut her wrist. I had to look away. I, I can't deal with that kind of stuff. And so that was really just kind of like, oh my goodness, this is where this character is going to go. Uh, holy cow. Really crazy stuff there. And seeing the slow mental breakdown that her character was going through and what was happening made me realize, like, well, why is she not paying attention? And I think that's where I wanted the movie to go. I wanted to see kind of her side of things where I feel like this movie could have been a little longer probably. And maybe I would have liked it a little bit more. Uh, but I can totally understand the iconic nature of this movie because I think this is one of the first ones, films that really had done this and had such a grand scope of it and was brilliantly made. And it's not looked doesn't look like a TV movie like some of these kind of movies today, you know, play this kind of scenario off of. Uh, my, the one big flaw that I do have with the movie is, and I hinted at it before, is that they don't focus a whole lot on Alex Forrest's mental state you, they kind of played as a crazy person and that she's this crazy lunatic out to break up his family and everything but in actuality is that i don't have really sympathy for dan gallagher in this movie at all because he made the choice to go and uh, have a one night sign and cheat on his wife and now he kind of has to face the music obviously he doesn't want to lose his wife but if he didn't he shouldn't have done the things he did because he probably had to know that this was a possibility, right? I really enjoyed this movie a lot. However, the fact that the movie kind of plays it where you're trying to root on or, you know, hope for the best for Dan Gallagher and his family and not focusing so much on the opposite side of the coin and making her feel, or Alex Forrest feel like she's like this complete psychopath and everything, uh, knocks down my... <laughs> thoughts or my opinion on my rating scale just a touch it is so close to three and a half star film that i um that i want to say three and a half stars but currently i'm at three stars for this fatal attraction movie i think there's could have been a little bit more development on a little bit more of a layer there where dan gallagher is not made to be kind of a hero in the movie and granted i i get the ending of the movie uh, played really well and I guess that I can definitely see that actually happening but I wanted to see more development between some of the relationships here super awesome movie super high recommendation for you guys all to watch I, I would probably watch this one again uh, definitely have enjoyed every Michael Douglas outing I think that just proves why he was one of the he was a big powerful actor around this uh, late 80s early 90s probably even before and after that as well um, but super solid movie. Highly recommend this one. It's in my top 10 for 87. I believe it's like number 8 or 9 around there. Yeah, I think it's number 9. It knocked out Dirty Nancy out of my top 10 for that for that year. 
It's right by Angel Heart, uh, which we also did a first time watch this year this year as well. Three star movie, super super quality watch here. Just I personally wanted more a little development between some of the characters here that would have pushed it over the edge there. So definitely watch Fatal Attraction. This is one of the highest recommendations I can give you. Just something about the story for me. I couldn't get it there. But anyway, great film. Uh, now we're going on to another film with Cher, the best actress winner for 87, and that is Moonstruck. The moon brings the woman to the man, capisce? The moon is a little like love. Will you marry me? I will marry you. I will be your wife. You love him, Loretta? No. Good. When you love him, they drive you crazy. Sometimes. Why are you marrying Johnny? He's a fool. It makes you act a little crazy. Where are you taking me? To the bed. Oh, God. Okay, I don't care. I don't care. Take me. Take me to the bed. Isn't it romantic? You got a love bite on your neck. Your life's going down the toilet. You'll have your eyes open for you, my friend. I have my eyes open. I'll say no more. You haven't said anything. You ruined my life. That's impossible. You ruined my life. Look, it's Cosmo's moon. Why do men chase women? Nerves. I don't want to talk about it. That moon. That crazy moon. Now you don't. I love you. What? Snap out of it. I'm confused. Now, Moonstruck is rated PG, and it's sitting at an hour and 42 minute runtime. It's a comedy drama romance film directed by Norman Jewison and written by John Patrick Shanley. And we see Cher playing the character of Loretta Castroni and Nicolas Cage as Ronnie Camery. I'm definitely going to butcher these Italian names. I do apologize for that. We also see Olympia Dukakis as Rose, Danny, um, Elio as Mr. Johnny, Vincent Car uh, Vincent Gardini as uh, Cosmo is here as well, and John Maroney as Perry. All right, so Moonstruck here. If you haven't seen it in a long time, the synopsis here on IMDb is Loretta, a bookkeeper for Brooklyn, New York, finds herself in a difficult situation when she falls for her the brother of the man she was has agreed to marry. Now, I really didn't know anything about this movie other than it's a cager movie. It is a film that where Cher got Best Actress and that Todd and Zach really loved the movie. And I believe they put it in their top, well, at least one of, I know one of them, it could have it in their top 100. I'm not 100% sure. Doing some research on the fly here. Or if it's not in their top 100, it's definitely um, possibly in the conversation as honorable mentions. I'm pulling it up right now. All right, I can confirm it's not in a top 100 movie for either of them, but they both gave it four stars. Currently sitting at Todd's number two film of 87 and Zach's number five film of 87. So very highly rated film here. And I also texted Todd that I was sitting down watching Moonstruck, and his response to me was, super underrated Cager film that Nicolas Cage's only Best Picture nominated movie, which is kind of surprising to be honest with you. And so it's a it's a really good good underrated movie. And I also knew I wanted to watch this movie because I did watch the unbearable weight of massive talent this year, the big Nicolas Cage movie that pays homage to a lot of his past films. And 
I want to get more into Nicolas Cage movies as well because we have the Cager that Todd did for so many like month episodes as well. And Moonstruck was, was one I've never seen. So I definitely wanted to watch this movie. And I enjoyed it. And I'm not as high on it nearly as Zach and Todd. I'm not at a four stars or even three and a half. I'm, I'm sitting at three stars for the movie. And what I think, what I can definitely say for sure is that Cher is, is really solid and deserves to be nominated for the Oscar here. But because Glenn Close was so fantastic, I don't agree that Cher got the Oscar win here. Cher's really fantastic here, and she definitely brings something really special to her character of Loretta. Surprisingly a lot more funnier than I thought her role and her performance was going to be. She has some really good lines here and good play and good kind of place authority to her her male counterparts in this movie. I really like Cher as an actress. I think she does a really good job. One of the movies, the first movies I've ever seen her in was Burlesque with Christina Aguilera. My wife loves that movie, and I've watched it several times with her, and I, I thought she was she's really good in that movie as well. But seeing her in a non-singing role in Moonstruck, I was really surprised. Definitely deserved that Oscar nomination. I, I really liked that she is stands up to the guys in her, her, her life, too, especially... The guy who proposed to her, who is uh, Johnny here, played by Danny Ao, Elio. Yeah, I liked how she basically, when she gets proposed to at the restaurant, she's like, "No, you will, you will sit down, you will, you will kneel down and uh, propose to me." And where's my ring? And I liked that. And even the father was kind of caught back, caught guard. Like that doesn't sound like him. It's like, yeah, because she made him do that. I thought that was really good that she's kind of was able to have that kind of fiery spirit. That her mom has as well, played by um, Olympia Dukakis here. I also enjoyed the, the dynamics that the, her share shares with the family. Every relationship that she has with her family is a little different in the movie, and I really enjoyed the playfulness they do have with each other and the kind of the family dynamic there. And I also like the play that her and Ronnie have. I think there's some really good moments that her and Nicolas Cage do share on the screen together. Nicolas Cage is really funny in this one as well, and never knew that he had a fake hand in this one he doesn't have as many freakouts but there's some really cool nicholas cageisms that you do see here as well uh, olympia caucus is another one that we have to talk about here i like her performance i, I think this is maybe one of the first movies i've seen of olympia Dukakis. i'm gonna check that check that out right now on the fly too so it's not my very first film of olympia Dukakis that i have seen but it's been quite a long time since i've seen a film of hers she was in a film in 2007 called In the Land of Women that I've seen. That's the only other film that I've seen of Olympia Dukakis. And hearing that Olympia Dukakis got nominated for the Oscar and even won here, really uh, fascinating stuff. It looks like she did pass away last year at, at the age of 89. Also, Moonstruck has a, a really funny way of having coincidence happen here. You're, there's a scene at the opera where Cher and Nicolas Cage go to the opera and come to find out Cher's dad's there and seeing that kind of awkwardness play out there and that the, the ending is also rather funny and coincidental and handled completely different than probably it would actually play out in real life and there's some really fun moments that they share at the this bakery that Nicholas Cage works at I really like those second segments there and there was even a character that I had picked up I was like oh you're from Frasier that's John Mahoney as Perry he's this guy who goes to this restaurant that we see that um, 
see him several times throughout the movie with different girls, and there's some really good fun banter that he has and delivers there. So it's kind of fun to see him in the movie as well. There are some spots in the movie I do feel like it kind of drags a little bit. It's not like a super long movie, but maybe my investment level wasn't as high as other films that I've talked about recently. Even though I enjoy the movie, and it's something that I I wouldn't, wouldn't mind revisiting. I can't really go over three stars because there's just parts of it where I wanted to see a little bit more what was going to develop with the characters. And honestly, there's parts where I, I, I was kind of hard to keep my focus on too for forever reason, especially in that middle half there. It just it seemed to drag just a little bit. So maybe a little shorter for me on this one. Still. I would recommend you guys go check it out because I think there's some really cool stuff to see in it. I think there's a good comedic performances here. Cher's really good. Nicolas Cage is always fun to see here. And it, it's one of those movies that it's an iconic kind of romance film from the 80s that definitely needs to be watched. So make sure you guys check it out if you haven't already. So I am at three stars on Moonstruck. The box office budget here is $15 million. The worldwide gross for the movie made $80.6 million. So it did make its budget back, so that's really good, solid there. It got nominated for a bunch of Oscars, and it did win three of them. So let's take a look at that. It won for Best Actress in a Leading Role for Cher, a Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Olympia, Olympia Dukakis, and Best Writing Screenplay um, for directly for the screen for John Patrick Shanley. It was also nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Vincent Gardini, and Best Director for Norman Jusen. My biggest thing is that I feel like Glenn Close should have won the Oscar here. And uh, it, it is kind of puzzling that she didn't, and that's it. it's a bummer. Because Glenn Close has had a legendary career here. It, it's, just, it's just weird that she couldn't get that Oscar win. And we're going to go to look at the other per- actress performances here. We have... Uh, Performance from Broadcast News. We have uh, Holly Hunter here, with Fatal Attraction, and we also have Meryl Streep for Ironweed. And there's another performance here we haven't seen that here, so I will look at that as well. But I just feel like Glenn Close was kind of like the clear should have uh, win here. But other, overall, Moonstruck's a solid film. I'm glad I did watch it. Got knocked it off the old bucket list here. So anyway, what do you guys think of the three films today? Lethal Weapon, Fatal Attraction, and Moonstruck. Make sure you guys follow us on Almost Sideways on Twitter at, at Almost Sideways. And go check out our website at AlmostSideways.com. All of those links are in the show notes down below. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Until next week, uh, till next time, where we will dive into some 2012 movies next week. Uh, hopefully you guys watch some good movies, and we'll talk to you later.